0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Through the Window Podcast. Uh, You're joined with me, Ben. And me, Dan. Uh, And today we have a very, very gracious guest by the name of Beck Spear.
1: What a a wonderful name.
0: Yes. She's a wonderful person too. And um, yeah, we're very
1: appreciative that she came down to Swindon Town. She's not actually from round here, is she, Ben? No, she's from Bournemouth, originally from Scotland. Wow, Scotland, is it? Uh, Yes, we dive into her journey from being a single mother all the way to owning a massive business Ben, tell me a little bit more about
0: that. What can
1: the viewers expect?
0: Yeah, so she's uh, she's really cool. She went from being uh, a single mum to now in a company of 66 people running it. She goes to China all the time for work, travels, does a really cool life, and has a cool lifestyle. She did. Um,
1: you did a fantastic job today on diving into her entrepreneurial space. Dan. Um, whilst I kind of sidetracked a little bit too often about hummus. But what more would you expect? Um, we also spoke about her time in the US. She went over there and she, she hung out with loads of cowboys, um, as well as, like Ben said, going to China 16 times. I mean, her passport must be stacked. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely Telling me. Telling um, me. What else did we talk about,
0: Ben? Uh, there was, you mainly brought it back to food and exercise a few times because that's your safe points. But yeah, we hope you enjoy the podcast. And please make sure to put your headphones on and look through the window.
1: This is Through the Window, powered by OtterWorks
0: well welcome yeah. to the through the window podcast i had to look up at the screen <laughs> because i didn't actually know the name of it but this is a brand new podcast that we've created dan as mm-hmm. at artworks we have we've changed it you would have been coming on to
1: Otter Stories, which is our old thing, but uh, it's gone now. Ju- oh, it's yeah, like, we don't
2: want old things doing. Yeah, out with the not old, in with the
1: new. So we're in the new studio, this is our new podcast studio, and you are our first guest. I oh,
2: know, this is very exciting. We're breaking the seal, yeah, as, as it were.
1: And we've broken out of the Shire as well. You know, usually we'd only do people in Wiltshire, but Ooh. you're very much not from Wiltshire.
2: I'm not even in a Shire, I'm from Dorset. Where is that? But... I don't, like I'm not actually from Dorset, I'm from Scotland, but you know it's all over the place, <laughs> south, go south until you hit really subtropical weather and then you'll know you're there, it's just like the happy place.
1: Did you have the lightning just a couple of days ago? Did you get hit by that?
2: I, I didn't, where was I a couple of days ago? I was in London, it's a half marathon, so. Do you, you weren't competing? No, I was w- watching, you've seen me, I don't, like I run, but I don't run, run. I'm not going to bore you with running shoes and running. Oh. I don't, like I'm, like I'm jogging. I jog. Lightly.
0: <laughs> Lightly. A bit like me,
1: Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ben has this funny... Uh, Do you run, Dan? Uh, I, I used to. Does
0: Dan run? Yeah, <laughs> I
1: used to run like a little bit, Um but not so much anymore. A little bit. Yeah. yeah.
0: 62 uh... miles in one day, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. 100k,
2: but... Do you used to bore people about running? Because that's what I found is runners are really intense.
1: Yeah, a bit like vegans.
2: Oh. they
1: just
0: just get they
1: just get monosyllabic
2: it's
0: just too much was i boring as a boring runner i wasn't too i think because of the scale of it it was quite interesting actually because you were you were going out and a practice run was like 55 kilometers and i'm thinking like that's Heathrow. (laughs) 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 that's such a long distance like you're going to go out and do like a 5k (laughs) training session it's like yeah okay mate, everyone can do that but you're doing (laughs) like 11 times that yeah so that was interesting and to hear about how you're I guess conditioning your body, but no, you don't really. You're not like me. I'm the one that overtalks about stuff. You just, if anything, to, it's like blood from a stone with you. Yeah, I don't like to give too much.
1: Oh, like, I, hold it back. You know, that's yeah. so mysterious. Oh, yeah. dark mysterious Dan, they call me.
2: Oh, really, yeah. dark mysterious Dan. Yeah. People actually call
0: him that. <laughs> yeah, I know people call you that. My mum, my mum mainly. Yeah. <laughs> she can never get anything out of me. Huh? right Bex uh, who are you tell us about yourself
2: oh god we've gone deep yeah who am I that's a big deep question okay Bex Beer um, and I am who am I I'm probably first and foremost um, a mum an entrepreneur um, like we've discussed a karaoke singer absolutely love that country dancer um, what else am I who am I Um, Yeah, I'm just a girl. At the end of the day, doing my best and um, really enjoying my life.
0: What do you do day to day? What's your your work, your craft?
2: Okay, so my work is, I've got a couple of different businesses, but my main one is a design and, and brand development company. And we work with big global retailers to develop private label and licensed brand promotional ranges of products. And that can be anything from craft to gift to stationery to party to homeware venturing into pet and toy and things like that so yeah
1: have you got an example of something that you've done that people might might be aware of yeah
2: um so if you go into hobbycraft right now you can see all the jewels fabrics and the jewel range of products and we've partnered with jewels that's an exciting project we've done exclusively and launched in hobbycraft anything kirsty olsop so work with kirsty Bit with Patrick Grant, we do a ton with Disney um, and we do top end to bottom end. So we'll work with an Aldi with volume value. We can work with um, a Macath Kidson or a John Lewis or something like that. It really does depend on the customer. So, yeah, you can generally go onto a high street um, shop and find something that we've produced.
0: How many employees do you have?
2: Oh, it's just gone up again cuz Nicholas started today, so he's our newest. We always seem to have a Monday new starter, so we've got 66. Wow. I know, which is crazy, cuz so that's
0: how, how did you get from inception yeah. to something like cuz that's such a that's that such a different big. league. So how how did you start it?
2: Yeah. So I had a a company when I was a young mum and it kind of I learned all the lessons and it failed abysmally. Um, I then got headhunted and then came into another business that had just sold to a VC, and that was fantastic. Learned loads in three years, helped turn it around, um, and then just went, I want to not make other people money. I want to create an environment, a work environment that feels really um, in in line with my values. So I left that business in 2012 and set up what was originally a VEC. And yeah, it was out of my house and my garage. There was no windows. I think the first thing we bought was a window. my first employee, Matt, I bought him some slippers because it was freezing cold in my garage. He'll laugh about it even now. But yeah, so it's kind of come from just a couple of us just knowing how good we were at product development and brand development and understanding what customers and retailers wanted to really grow in that business. I had um, seed capital um, from a couple of um, really cool guys in Holland, which eventually paid back and and, and bought out finally during COVID, weirdly enough. So, yeah, it's the weirdest journey. And that, like, it sounds like a straight line, but as you guys know, it's never a straight line. So many highs, so many lows. It's like a pinball machine, really.
0: Did you ever predict it would be to the size that it is now or is that was that ever the goal when you when you set it up
2: see the goal was never turnover and the goal was never people the goal was to create something that i felt really secure that gave security to um weirdly women in business particularly especially young mums now i'm evolving that as i'm looking at aging and women and, and parents and going actually there's a bigger thing over the over the horizon, it's to do with a menopause, but we won't get into that. But right. it's about like working environments for human beings that, that really want to feel fulfilled and, and have an amazing career. That was always the goal. Um, and I feel proud that during COVID, like we really looked after our people and, and we've built from there. So I think, I think I've realized the goal. Now it's about creating something bigger and better. Like we're building a new building, including a crash and a puppy crash too. Cause mm. you know, the little fairy friends matter too. And it's just about what more can I do? So I never look at the turnover. The turnover facilitates really the goal. The goal which of is it. Yeah. yeah.
0: Do you find that um, if you actually want to be a good entrepreneur, the goals have to constantly change? Or is it something that you realize stuff changes over time as and when you go like for example in our business we made a business plan the first like three months or whatever <laughs> and i don't think we've looked at it since it's just been a piece of paper that has just yeah. been if anything. it just const- confines you to what you have to do or shouldn't do but i think as long as you both understand what you want to create and what you want to what the purpose of the business yeah. is that's enough to lead you yeah have you found that your goals have because you i know you said that you, when you first started the company, it was it was for, it was for for mums and business stuff like that, and that's now changed to people. What was the I would say the the, the, the change there? What made point. you realise that? Yeah.
2: Well, number one, well done you for having a business plan because I never had one of those, <laughs> um, but I always had a purpose. You talk about purpose. I think you're really clear what your purpose is, and you will find that the goals go along as long as they align to your purpose and your values. If you're really clear, those things weirdly don't change. But how you, you get there and who you get there with does. And that's the fun part, like adapting. I think entrepreneurs, really cool ones that I respect, they just adapt to circumstance. They adapt to people issues. But fundamentally, their values, who and how they want to do business, that doesn't change. And I would say that's my way, is, is my values. Anyone who's met me, who knew me in all my previous iterations would say, I'm, I am exactly the same person. So yeah, you adapt um, and that's the thing I'm finding is we're very good at adapting. I think I respond at a pace that some people can't keep up with, mm. and um, and I've built a really good team around me that can absorb some of that velocity, um, uh, how they describe it. Um, but they can then interpret that and then bed that in in a, a pace that the rest of the business can manage. But yeah, I've found that I I can move quickly. I can see opportunities, and I can see them actually bef- over the horizon before they're coming. And, um, but that's part of the appeal for me. So yeah, adapt, adapt, adapt.
0: I'm gonna drop a, a really open-ended question on you Ooh. now. Um, <laughs> what challenges do you think you face as a woman in business?
2: Oh, there's tons. Like, again, you said challenges, so I'm allowed to name more than one. I think, firstly, you, you do, we've had discussion, you do question yourself a lot more, I'm, and we're going to speak very candidly, aren't you? Because as a woman, you do have strong drives and feelings and vulnerabilities. And I always was led to believe that they were my Achilles heel, that I was emotionally driven um, and that I used to always feel like I should apologize for that and that that was somehow a weakness as I've aged Uh, Only a little bit though, only a little bit. Um, As I've gotten older, I've realized actually it is uh, my superpower. Um, Being emotionally connected to my goals and my values and being able to have empathy with people actually is what makes me good at what I do. Um, But I I think people, you can often second guess yourself. I mean, I was raised to always second guess myself. I had quite an unusual upbringing in that regard. And so as a woman, I was always... Like, I always had to defer to men to make decisions. Um, And I just had to unpick that and unlearn that as I've gone. And also give, and I see it in the women that we employ, is that give them the confidence to, number one, ask for a raise, have ambition, um, know how good they are. They just all come with all of these fallibilities. and, um, And I see it, and I see a bit of myself mirroring that. So you always never think, oh, I've got this. Whereas if I talk to my guy counterparts they they just are so self-assured, it's fantastic and I yeah. like it and I admire it. but um it's not something that I've ever felt comfortable um, either saying or feeling.
0: Do you think that's something then it's 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 less to do with genders and more about how we're raised?
2: Which is, no, I do think there is a gender play. I remember reading that Lean In book, I think is it Sheryl Sanderberg, and she was also saying that she did this study and um, she took like a CV and it was a, a female CV and she gave it to two different people, like groups of people, and they... They changed the name on the CV to a boy's name and then a girl's name and asked them to describe how she'd be. A, this person would be as a boss. When it was a guy's name, they're like, oh, assertive, decisive, all of these things. And it's a Harvard study. If it was a female, oh, emotional, irrational, like up and down. And it was shown to say that we have a gender bias. They can have the same character traits. But one is portrayed more as being like, I, I don't know, yeah, emotional and irrational and like, oh, volatile. completely different. Yeah. Yeah, so I, and my experience, obviously I'm not, I don't employ other people that have had the same upbringing as me and yet you do see that gender divide in some ways and it's wonderful in a way to be able to help facilitate a more equal playing field. But
0: Yeah, it's funny, Is you, you said a lot, you've used the emotion word a lot in what you've said mm-hmm. and I completely get that because I, the way you describe men in business is exactly how I am, I'm just very self-assured, I rarely mm-hmm. ever doubt myself. Whereas my partner, Amber, she is really empathetic. And she like, if, if she has to make a decision, she'll think about everyone involved in that decision mm-hmm. before she makes it. Whereas I'm just like, how can I get from A to B the most efficient way? And I'll think about the other people after, not because I'm a dick, but because it's just how my brain's yeah, wired.
1: Super logical. And I
0: think, you know, as we maybe value that trait more in business, but we shouldn't. And I think the world is changing, I think, especially in the business world to be more mm-hmm. people led. You know, it's like the whole... When people went from, like, being, oh, you know, don't put money into customer service, and then everyone went super customer service focused, and they started making way more money because yeah. they kept customers on. So it's all about people in the end of the day. Yeah. So I think the... I think well, I say that, but I'm so young in business, so it's really hard for me to have a, a overall scope on it. But it seems the world is changing to value empathy more than we used to mm-hmm. in business. Do you think? Do you think that's true?
2: I think so, probably because you've got more women in the workplace too. Yeah, and there is a natural injection of of it, and everyone's like, "Well, how do we work with this?" And then also the understanding in the light of mental health and mental health after COVID and during COVID. I think everyone's gone, okay, we have to start looking at human beings less as machines, which is how industry and and employment used to be and more holistically is they do have family lives and they do want more from life and it isn't about going and earning and doing and and I guess when it was a very male orientated workplace that that worked that really really worked but um what's interesting is I don't want I don't think there should be a swing all the way over to emotion cuz the wonderful thing of the way you describe you is that's so essential, that logical, clear thinking. Um, is, it con- is it divergent and convergent? Oh, anyway, those are so complementary. And that's what I also find is is you have to find complementary ways of thinking. Mm. And it can't just be one way or the other. And so I'm really lucky that I do work with people similar to you. And I find them the most challenging. I find them the most intriguing. And together you get the, real, the best results. So you don't want to go all one way and it can't be all either my way or your way but together it's it's a really lovely mix I think that's the thing is about introducing both sides and not being just one-sided
1: do you have a do you have other because obviously it's just you now as the kind of the sole owner of of the business but you have counterpart you know people that you work with who are the opposite to you because I think Ben and I are very different in that way that he is very logical and straight talking and we'll get the job done instantly whereas I'm a little bit more reserved and like okay yeah maybe we'll take this approach and we'll Go a bit slower but it will be like my way dan's the female yeah, I, uh, <laughs> essentially. yeah absolutely yeah. so who do you kind of refer <laughs> to mine? in your business
2: so i am um, i have two other directors in the business one of which ed is my FD and so he joined like four and a bit years ago and he's a bit like you, he's methodical, he takes his time, he likes to consider. I mean, I'm like this, pace, 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 pace. So he kind of buffers that and it's it's really good but there is a third dynamic and that actually is our commercial director, James, who, weirdly enough, is also my big brother. And, um, and I remember when Ed and I were looking at who the commercial directors. we interviewed loads of people, and it didn't seem like a fit. But when James was doing some consultancy, he just is the right fit. And with Ed and him, I mean, they were voted the cutest couple at our AVEC Awards, I mean, and they are such a cute couple. Um, but Ed and James complement each other in the way um, they'll look at things, and then they both are very complimentary of the. And actually, the three of us, mm-hmm we can be in our exec meetings and it can get very um, robust in our conversations and there's respect there, but there isn't a a yes, yes, yes. There is a challenging, a thoughtful disagreement, all of those things. And it's fantastic when you, you know those other people care. Like I'm sure you two, deeply for each other in the best possible way. do, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> but it just that's what makes a difference because you can trust each other to just go I'm gonna hold you accountable I am safe to disagree with you let's get to the best result so I do have that absolutely and they are and they think differently to me yeah they're boys
0: do you <laughs> judging on what you said then this is something I thought as well Obviously, like the, the 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 normal landscape for relationships is is male and female. Yeah. Do you think that having bis- businesses going forward that have a female co founder and a male co founder would actually could, could potentially be stronger than any other setup because of the normal attributes they both bring and how they both contribute? Do you think that's going to be something that comes in? You
2: could. It depends what their dynamic is. Yeah. If they've got a relationship with each other, that could get very volatile, and that could f- play out in the in the business. That's why we start if- getting down, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it kind of makes <laughs> it sticky. I can see that. I can see <laughs> the distance. Um, build bridges and mend those wounds. Um, it's it's just yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is the answer to that? Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely a worth. Question. Yeah, it's definitely worth having different personalities. So I profile everyone in the business and we go and we look for differences that's that's probably the main thing whether it's girls boy whoever just work with people different to you and not be scared of that Mm. differences are great I definitely champion that
0: what's something that um I I think a a question I really wanted to ask you because of who you are again referring back to my fiance is she has a lot of self-doubt and she doesn't trust herself and she 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 yearns for the attribute that I have in that sense and wants to have more of that. And it seems as much advice I give her, it, it's not, it doesn't seem to help. And mm-hmm. I think the advice probably is because I'm a man giving a woman advice on how to do something. Mm-hmm. It's not really chinking the armor. So what would you say to someone like that who, who is female, who does have that, self, that self-doubt critique that a lot of women do? Mm-hmm. Is, is there like a book that you've read or, or, or a way to think? Or is it literally about unlearning and relearning your own personality in that sense?
2: there's books volumes and volumes the first thing is is it's really hard to hear it from your partner like when you've got work to do on you it's really hard to especially to hear it from a partner who's got the attributes that you kind of so you're not like, it's not that you're not getting through. It's just the hardest. You're the hardest person for her to hear that from. Mm-hmm. It's probably easier for her to hear it from mentors or other women who've had a similar journey because she's looking at you and going, but we're so different. So you don't understand me. Yeah. Um, if she met um, women that had been on a similar journey, she'd probably feel a lot more like, OK, I, okay, we're speaking parallel um so I would say probably find a mentor and 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 someone that she can talk to that she feels very similar and that has been on the same journey would probably be able to get get through but ultimately we all have to make our own peace with ourselves and and it's one a personal thing that, journey, isn't yeah. It? yeah and yeah. no one can do it for you and you can't ever just go i want to be like that i used to write everything down so i would write my feelings my intents and everything down and then i'd start to trust my gut because i went oh i was right i was right and i would write and reflect write and reflect and that's when i started to realize oh no my gut's right i second guess my gut and it, so i started journaling as a way of of being able to actually pinpoint all the parts of my life that went oh yeah so Mm. that's the book that means the most is my journal
0: yeah
1: that's nice from your childhood were you were you always kind of business folk were you a bit of an entrepreneur as a youngster would you say
2: not at all growing (laughs) up like
1: at what point did you suddenly think actually Um, you know i can do this
2: um so i've always had a a self-belief my father would have always said that about me he's always like i don't know where she gets it from but i've always just been gobby Confident, I just kind of have always been very gung ho. I'm one of seven kids, so you have to kind of stand out. So I was the oldest daughter, two older brothers, um, and so you're always fighting for space, aren't you? Um, so I think I grew up that way, always looking for like, hey, I'm here, hey, hey I'm here, even though there's um, four other kids behind you. So as I got older, where did it, it went for a long time? So when I was a very young mum postnatal depression like I was married I didn't have any purpose I was just to have babies and I remember just going oh I don't even feel like myself and there were very dark days because I was like what's the point like I should feel fulfilled because I'm married and I've got kids and that's everything that should fulfill me but I'm I feel like a shell of myself so I think when I first started my first business which was with scrapbooking distribution company I just had yeah, my third child, and I just needed to do something that was me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like an outlet and an absolute drive. And I like it was such a strong drive. I just had to do something that was me, that was uh, not about babies and children and keeping a house. Um, so that's kind of where it came from. And then I realised I was very good at it. And I think that's also the other thing is is I never went to university. I got my a levels they were terrific and i got on a plane and then went to live in the states for a while and just explored i've always had an adventurous spirit and i've just never had fear so i never feared failure weirdly enough still don't um it's a good trait to have um, i don't know where i don't know where that came from either i've just never feared it so yeah
1: talking of your time in the states you were saying earlier that you'd be a country dancer <laughs> or a country singer
2: Love Tell it. us about that. Tell us about your time <laughs> in the what, what?
1: Why did you go there? What age was you? So I was and 18
2: was um, and I was raised and, and boys went on missions and girls just waited around to get married. And I was like, I don't want to wait. I've always been impatient. So I went as a nanny and lived in Phoenix, Arizona. And oh my goodness, it's like cowboy country and I just fell in love. I resisted cowboy music for the longest time. Everyone Um, always does. They resist, but resistance is futile as we've learned. Mm -hmm. And then the Gareth Brooks song came on. It was the dance. That was it. What song? The dance. You've got to listen to it. The, the words are very, very good. Very poignant. One of my favorite country music songs. And um, yeah, that was it. I was smitten. and But just got asked out by a lot of cowboys and their hats and their boots and their trucks and going dancing with them. And they throw you over their heads. And I don't know. It's just something very... When you're a girl. <laughs> Can you
1: explain like what it's like when you're over there? So you're in, are you in like a bar? Are you in a, is this, is it like one of those like roadside ranches where you see like the things tumbleweed go down the road? Someone pulls up and a hey big Bell truck. seats. Is yeah, are, anyone do. on
2: horses? Um, yeah, I went horse riding. But do they
1: ride horses to the bar?
2: Um, so I, I was—I didn't drink and I never went to a bar. Can you believe it? Right, so, so where was, did you meet the people? So you like weirdly went to a restaurant and almost, someone was serving us and he was a cowboy and he slipped me his number. I mean, this is cool, so, right? Yeah, so so cool. good. And then he comes and picks you up in his pickup truck. Yeah, just people, they were very bold. That's what I found. It, you could walk on the street, and I maybe I looked weird, but they would approach me and say, hey, can I take you out? And I was like, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was just lovely. They're did, very bold.
1: Did they love it because you were British as well? Oh, yes. Like. Yeah. I did, think... And did you play on that? You had the accent. Did you put the accent mm, on a little I... bit more? I don't <laughs> you probably know. You... Not you, admit. You didn't need to, though, really. Well,
2: I, don't, I didn't need to, but you do. Um, but I was never Mary Poppins. Like, they're like, oh, you're a nanny, like Mary Poppins. And I was <laughs> like, well, not really, but close. And I've never met the Queen. They all ask. Really? They all ask. Genu- yes. They genuinely yes think
0: you there's a possibility
2: yes and do you live near london oh no i don't at that point i lived in sheffield so definitely not near london but i, I loved it and and the thing is, is i would i've been on planes in planes this two-man plane with someone i remember someone driving all the way down from montana come pick me up and take him back to his ranch in montana like cowboy's do really cool stuff they're just really grrr. what was the pull to the states for you then back then or was it just something um, different? escaping yeah like i'd been in raised in britain my parents lived abroad i'd, I'd been at boarding school I'd done my A levels and i just wanted to get out of the country and then there was this au pair exchange program so it didn't cost me anything it was going to be a cool experience and i was a bit like well, what was the worst that can happen right yeah and um so went over and just had the most amazing experiences
0: what brought you back
2: um, the visa ran out. <laughs> <All right. laughs> also baked beans. I needed baked beans on toast. Hasn't I got it over there? Not not the really good ones. Yeah. No. Not they Heinz. put barbecue Not brand name, no. oh, yeah. no, brand name, sorry. No. No brand name. I yeah. didn't even need a... Br- I just needed baked beans on toast. First thing I ate when I got home. What do you think you'd miss
0: in the States if you went? Um, Marmite.
1: No, I'm not a massive fan of Marmite. I don't... I'm, I'm, you know, neither hate it or love it. I'm just kind of <laughs> in between, oh. which apparently is quite impossible. No, yeah. But I'm um, one of those guys. Yeah. Do they have hummus in united states
2: um i mean this is back in the day thanks dan um no, i'm, I'm trying to think <laughs> it's quite old
1: food isn't it
2: i uh, yeah but i don't think i ever had it
1: do you love it now
2: i it's one of my favorite things to oh, eat me
1: too. perfect
2: like i don't even need anything with it just That's your finger straight That's in the spo- tub yeah oh you said no. spoon I yeah said i'm finger. going finger too all right <laughs> we're
0: there you didn't want to go, you didn't want to admit your full list. shame, did you?
2: <laughs> There's
1: a spoon in involved. Um, this is one of our main questions of the podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. About hummus? What's your favorite type of hummus?
2: Ooh, it's just the really, like a whole plate full of just full virgin just oil. Just normal. Do not wow. put any flavor, do not mess with that perfection. Yes. As long as it's super smooth and silky. Oh. Like the best hummus I've ever had is in Jerusalem. Oh, they know how to make hummus. You went hummus. to the source, yeah. Oh, oh God. My, and, and then nothing else wow. kind of comes close. But... The
0: hummus canal, isn't it? It comes Ooh. from it come, it all comes from a river out there. What's your favorite
1: so type of hummus? Good. You've actually changed. You said this weekend that you have gone off
0: <gasps> your favorite. Oh, you just this on. is this is breaking news. Well, for the longest time, Bex, yeah. um, hold on to your hat here. Here it we was, go. Cowboys. It was caramelized onion. Ooh, and now it's, it's red weird. pepper. <gasps> it was okay, but it's no longer red pepper anymore, oh. What is it now, Ben? It's back to caramelized onion. <laughs> oh. We've gone changed? back. Yeah, well, I know, this is a roller coaster of emotions. Uh red pepper just became too sour for me. I couldn't hack it. Are you sure oh. it wasn't gone off? It's a possibility. It's a no, it was brand new. Yeah.
2: But like red pepper's quite nice and sweet. Like I do yeah. like the odd red pepper.
0: Caramelized onion just has that nice twang to it that you Ooh. just you look for on a Sunday afternoon. It's a nice. bit too oniony for yeah, me. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna
2: say that's gonna recur for a while. Amber's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> oh she- yeah she's
0: not she's she prefers red pepper she her is red pepper she, <laughs> yeah, she actually tell. got you
1: onto red pepper wasn't
0: it? she did and off it just so you immediately
1: you know off this is quite what, and what's yours, yours mine is classic. mine's classic or moroccan topped
2: yeah oh, it's just so good it is good it's good
0: next we have a list of questions that we like to ask oh, okay. guests on this new podcast um so you can you can see where this is going yeah um what,
1: should we keep the hummus one? I think we should keep that for a few years. Yeah, do you do you like the hummus one. Yeah, should, yeah because there are.
2: Um, I think so. I think it is a decisive, like, you're either in or you're out. Yeah.
1: I think as well, another question we could do is your favourite sandwich. If oh. it, it doesn't have to be a sandwich either. You could. You could yeah. Make it magical. You could become a wrap if you want. It could. See, or the a baguette. Is, is you could celiac, become a wrap if you want. Yeah.
2: <laughs> being celiac, I don't do wraps oh, and I don't no. really do sandwiches. So, so what I do you think do for for this lunch? is. Just burgers without the naked buns. Burgers. Yeah, we, and yeah, chips. Naked burgers. so this is the thing, is that's gonna be a bit decisive that question too. Yeah. Oh God, I've really You're gonna really call that. exclude people. Here. I yeah, yeah I'm it sorry, feels I it have feels like it's just it's all the about CX. the bread. You've targeted back. Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, your favourite um, carbohydrate lunch that's, that's <laughs> kind waffles. of safe. Well, I'm trying to get <laughs> onto that. sandwich but without saying about bread. <laughs> potato waffles <laughs> are potato waffles. What about potato smiley faces?
2: No, not as good. No? There's not enough potato. There's too That's much true. out. <laughs> yeah, but they yeah. smile at
1: you, when you well, until you eat them. And
2: Saturday. then they're like, oh, it's disappointing there's not enough potato. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, all right. Okay. Sorry, but, but you anyway, can keep the sandwich one. Just
2: massive, what yeah. you do is you ask people ahead of time, like, do you eat bread? Be prepared, yeah. Yeah. Do I'm, you like a nice tortilla wrap?
0: I'm going to ask you about two different days, Bex. Okay. Do you want to answer your best day or your worst day first? Do you want to lead with positive or end with positive?
2: They're all good, aren't they? Because you learn. So I'm happy with okay. best day. I'm go
0: best day first. Best day. Okay, what was On your best day? Well.
2: Best day.
0: You can get this, obviously. You can give your answer and then reflection and be like, oh, actually, it should have been this. That's fine. But top of your head, what comes to you when, you, when someone asks you that question? Hmm. Apart from today.
2: Like, let's exclude today because that's a given. Mm-hmm. Um...
1: Today is a wonderful day.
2: It is. It's a lovely Monday. I'm w- weird. No, I think that this probably is for all the really very strange reasons because it's a culmination of life. So best day was probably when I got all the shares to the business and finally realized I didn't owe anyone anything and I'd earned everything that I got. Like, that's a big deal for me. Um, and it was huge. I remember just sitting there and shaking physically, feeling quite shaken and very emotional. And... Um, Yeah, and taking that in and going, that's huge. That's huge. So I think that was the best day because it was like that's my entire life put into something and someone said, no, you've earned that. That's yours now. You owe no one anything. What did that feel Um, like? It was a feeling of elation, a feeling a bit of shock, a feeling of like um, bewilderment and also a bit like responsibility. Like I realized it was all on me. So it was all these amazing feelings, but also without, is is there a word for pride without being super proud, but kind of like, just wow. Accomplished. Yeah, Yeah. like, Mm. whew. Yeah, I think that was pretty big amazing
1: did you you woke up that day knowing that this was about to happen as well like it was in the diary it was yeah
2: it was in the diary we were just waiting and we, and we'd been working towards it probably for about two years on and off and covid hit and everything was going wrong and it was all going to fall off the table and and we negotiating it it was and it was it was a tough two years and then facing into covid so it was kind of the culmination of everything all the planets aligning and realizing that fundamentally you have no control And then things just sometimes happen when they're meant to happen, Mm -hmm. which was also a a wonderful feeling. Um, And, yeah, I would say that was pretty big.
1: Do you have any other memories from that day? Like sometimes, you know, on big days like that, you kind of wake up and you remember what you had for breakfast. Do you remember what you had for breakfast? That day?
0: <laughs>
2: what is it with you and food, mate? Sorry. I know, I'm trying to think. I'm not. And you
1: know, there's these little moments. Sometimes, yeah. like, I know that Hannah, when she passed the driving test, she remembers a song that she had in the car. Okay, do you remember first... the song? I don't remember the song I... because it was her.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but what, you know, like, I don't know. Song? Maybe there's yeah. little things that you remember. Oh, actually, I remember a bird was tweeting twit twoo, um up in the trees or something. Yeah,
2: there was no birds. There was definitely Miley Cyrus the Climb, though. That was the song. That's my song for that Miley moment. The climb. Did you ever? Yeah.
0: This is a weird question. Did you ever feel guilty about it? Was there any sense of guilt of or imposter syndrome of like I didn't, you didn't deserve it?
2: By that point, no. I, I I knew I deserved it. I knew that we'd worked really hard for it, and it. But it wasn't weirdly. It wasn't all about me. So I think if it had all been about me, but I knew I'd lent on ed as the fd to also facilitate making it happen i know stefan when he phoned me like he phoned me and he just was the most complimentary and he made me cry because he'd put loads of british flags behind his face because he's obviously based in holland and he just said i've watched you grow i've watched you raise your kids you're a single mom i just think this is amazing this is your business nothing makes me happier than you know sign all of this i think you're amazing and that's um oh god it'll make me quite emotional but it was that moment, which is weirdly because it mirrors probably then my worst day. So it's almost hearing someone go, I'm really proud of you. I think I see you. I see what you've done. And that's fantastic. So, yeah. So if I then go swiftly into my worst day, it was. So my father died um, and I was there. I drove to, he'd had cancer. They'd flown back, had cancer for a few years. It was my birthday. I drove um, to go visit him. He was at home um, with care And he just deteriorated from my birthday to the next day. And there was just me. I was there the whole time. And then some of my siblings came and went. And I had my brother, who's now my commercial director. He was in Australia at the time, living there. And I had him on voice call. And I remember just having a conversation with my father. The very last conversation, you'd like this, was about bikes and the Tour de France. And I was arguing. I was just, you know, saying, why can't women be in the Tour de France? I don't get it. And, and, And he just looked at me and just went... Rebecca, because he used obviously my real name, and he's like, Rebecca, just accept that boys and girls are different. You're just different. So play to your differences, play to your strengths. It wouldn't have been a fair ride. The stamina on men is different from the stamina of women. So just accept the differences. And that was the last conversation I had with him. And it's really stuck with, and that's why the bike's on the wall, Mm. because it is just sometimes you're racing differently. You're not, or you're not in the same race, but mm. you can just cheer from the sidelines. And so when my father, he was in bed and he was gone and we just had to sit there and, and hold his hand until he physically, his body shut down. I remember just feeling, before that I felt like there was life after this and everything, but I remember just going, he's he's not here anymore, he's gone. And, and he was a pivotal character for me in my life because there was always that sense of like, approval does he see me all of those things and I'm sure psychologists can bring that back to where I'm always chasing something but fundamentally when he died like I felt a relief like I didn't have to please anyone anymore but I also still wanted to please him and so a lot of what I've done subsequently I've always thought I hope my dad's proud of of that so when Stefan weirdly said it it did feel like a moment so they both reflect each other in in lots of ways
0: yeah it's funny what you said there about the approval from your father because a book i read the way of the superior man and it talks about things you can do i guess when you're a younger man to become the man you want to be Mm -hmm. in a sense And, and one of the chapters is about approval from your dad or your father and he said most men um feel not necessarily trapped but they're, in this, they, they're always in this approval reign with their dad. And they said a lot of men have actually gone to therapy because after their dad died, they felt relief. And they, they then they feel guilt about feeling relief. And that's because they then are unshackled from this chains, and they can be free to do what they want at that point. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that's anything I've ever felt personally. I don't know if that's because of how I'm raised or because of how my dad was. But I know a lot of friends of mine have been they just follow their father 's footsteps, and you know a lot of people go and do degrees and stuff to make their parents happy, not to do with what they want and it's interesting you said that because I just mm-hmm. thought it's, it's it's a shame that happens and it's it's a shame do you, do you would you say that fathers know that's happening as well? Or do you think it's
2: i think that sometimes I think the old school i think my father was very old school. Um, women shouldn't work and I know that was a big thing for him and women shouldn't divorce and I'd just gone through a divorce and so I know I had a lot of disapproval but that was just the way he was raised so I think sometimes we don't we don't break out of those cycles. But what I'm seeing now is people are, and and I look at myself and my ex-husband and how fantastic a father he is. And like his girls never need to worry that they don't have his approval, that he's really cheering them on. And and, and I'm just really grateful for the way he parents our daughters. Um, And I think that they're not, they don't have at all the same experience that I had. And um, so I think people are breaking out of those cycles a lot more um, and are not allowing them to perpetuate. Um, just maybe because we're all reading way more books and we're all in touch with our feelings, I don't know. Or we talk about it way more than maybe our parents and their parents did. So my father is a product of his father and, and I was aware of all those cycles that came before. And so it's about yeah. just letting it go. Like, and it's a big, big thing.
0: Is it something that with your kids you're aware of? that you don't want to have because obviously how successful you've been and how well you've done mm-hmm. do you ever worry that you're going to put pressure subconscious yeah but yeah. not not on purpose you know it's just going to be there do you ever worry about that
2: oh i know it's there because my daughter just um did her a levels and and phoned and i didn't hear from her so i phoned her and was like hey she was sobbing and i was like are you okay and she was like and oh, i'm really disappointed in myself i'm so disappointed and i was like okay let's work this out and she's got amazing A-levels and yet I'd felt disappointed and she's like I'm not gonna measure up and I was like okay where are we measuring who's the measuring stick so I know subconsciously my children do feel that my success is somehow a bar that they have to achieve and I'm really careful to just underpin that with this was my journey you have all your own journeys like go fly your father is a completely different journey like you've got a really good benchmark with us both and just go go live and go make your mistakes and go fail. And I'm really keen to show them every time I fail, I'll say, oh my goodness, I've made a mistake here. I mean, the second marriage was a mistake and they all knew that after a week and we all laughed about it afterwards but um after the trauma and the counseling but (laughs) then the third marriage was fine so it's just like you have to just be honest with my kids so I'm hoping that I'm teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes have your own journey my journey's not their journey but what they do have is a really safe place and a safe parenting to come back to um but everyone's like we do it to our kids even if you think you're giving them everything Giving them everything actually then becomes a hindrance too because yeah. oh, you need them to fight for it. like You can't, you can't do be right. a perfect parent, can no. you? Yeah. Everyone's going to need therapy.
0: Something that I liked about my parents was the fact that it was very much an open-door policy. So like, you know, growing up and trying drugs for the first time or getting drunk when you're 15, stuff like that. That yeah. was like stuff that I felt I could tell my parents about and there wasn't necessarily judgment there because I think they re- I was the third son at that point so they kind of knew what kids were about what they were doing what they shouldn't be doing and obviously like they're not idiots you know like I go out to stay at Tom's house and I come back the next day and I've got like black eyes and I smell of alcohol they know what's gone on you know they're not idiots they and they've been my age and that they've always had a policy that whatever happened I could talk to them about it and I think for me that made everything so much easier Mm -hmm. because I didn't have to hide about anything and Mm -hmm. I've had friends who have come from much stricter backgrounds and i don't want to say they've they've fallen off the wagon because of that but i think i've always found it easy to get back on the straight and narrow because i've always been able to have guidance yeah. it's always been there for me to use And i because I, I never no matter what the subject was i could ask mum and dad what do i do what do i think about this and that's that's been imperative and i want to make sure when i have my kids that it's an open, it's an open policy yeah. book. But then, it's at the same time, you know, if they come back and they're doing drugs at eighteen and they're being idiots, it's like, well, <laughs> how much do I leave this book open? Of like, yeah, you know, just crack on with that, see how you get on. But you know, you don't want to do this. Like, it's a hard balancing
2: act. Of, yeah. I don't think you're going to get it right. I do have the same open policy. Like we talk about everything. Their their father is still religious. And so I know that I'm the one that if they need to go pick up a friend who's in trouble and needs to get back and just crash at ours and I've got to give them paracetamol, and make sure they've drank loads of fluid. <laughs> yeah. Like that's that, that's our house. Our house is a safe place. And my kids all feel that. And I'm really lucky in that regard. But you're right. Where's but everyone's got to find their own boundaries. Yeah. So I think if you're really honest, and as a parent, if you're really honest about where your boundaries are and what you've made mistakes, you can't save your children or or control them or make their choices for them. What you do is just kind of say, here's choices I've made, this worked, this didn't work. You're gonna make your own choices, but just know that whatever happens, I'm here. Because they've got to go, they will make mistakes, your kids. Yeah. I don't,
0: They've all walked down the wrong roads to find the right one, haven't they? Do you think that, given your experiences as an entrepreneur and also working for someone else when you were younger, um, that you are more likely to push them into being their own boss now because of the, the attributes of freedom they get with it? Or do you, as long as they're happy, you don't really care what they do?
2: As long as they're happy, I don't care what they do. Yeah. Like, really... Because entrepreneur isn't for everyone. The responsibilities. Of this is there's days where you just feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. And I've got a friend that sometimes on those days, he and I, we just, because he also has his own business, we just phone and go, it's kind of lonely. And he's like, yep, I'm feeling it. And so I wouldn't, it's not all sunshine, rainbows and unicorns and, and driving Porsches. It's a hard, hard graft.
0: 20 years behind the yeah. Porsche though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: So I don't know if I would encourage them to do that. But what I would say is find your passion, live your passion, because then it doesn't feel like working.
0: Mm, definitely. It's, it's, it's really interesting when people say about loneliness, when you, when you run a company. And it's like, I have Dan, who's a business partner. And, yeah. you know, I've got, we've obviously got a team. And then I've got my fiance. It's like, I'm never, I'm never actually alone physically. It's rare for me. The only time I'm alone is probably when I'm in the shower. You know, it's like that's the only time, not with Dan,
2: but, <laughs> Dan. but that's probably the only point of my day
0: that I'm exercising when I'm actually by myself. But there's bouts of loneliness it, because of the job. And that's yeah. weird because it's so hard to explain that to someone who isn't a business owner that you get lonely. Yeah.
2: But, it, it, but loneliness isn't to do with proximity to people. Right. Loneliness is about aloneness in thought and aloneness in decision making and, and feeling that. Like you can be surrounded by people or your best friend, like having a great time and still feel like I feel really alone in what I'm going through or you feel it, whatever it is. And that's men and women and entrepreneurs or not. And fundamentally, if you think about it, you're the only person you're going to go through your entire life with. Dan's not going to be around all the time. And and amber you're not with all the time you're the only person you're alone with your thoughts with 24 7 you've got to accept all and forgive all your mistakes like it's you and that's where the lonely kind of comes from and that responsibility so it's it's interesting but yeah
0: how do you deal with it um accept it and get through it kind of thing
2: no i write about it like, that's like the a thing journal? Is, yeah, so writing helps you process your thinking, challenge your thinking, reading other people's experiences, learning from everyone that you meet. Um, and then it feels you feel like, okay, well, that's I'm alone in this, but I know I'm not alone in going through this. Multiple people have gone through it. So I think that is talking to people about it. I, like, And I do have a very close friend who will just go... I'm really worried about it's and it's hard to admit because when you're the boss, you're meant to have all the right answers, right? Mm-hmm. And you Know exactly how things are going to tough conversations go. But sometimes I'll phone. I mean, she's just like, "Just breathe. Remember to breathe, right? And just go slow." I'm like, "Oh yeah, thanks for that." So that you can just mentor each other as well.
0: Have you found it hard to um, when good things happen mm-hmm. in your life or in your business that you've, you you find it hard to think or just sit there and think, "Oh, that's great. I'm I'm really proud of myself for doing that." because for example with us or with me i we had our branding put on the side of the building a few weeks ago and it looks like, lovely thank you but there was like probably 10 seconds of awesome and the next one <laughs> was like i need to go send that email now it's like i don't not i don't know if it's choice but i just don't I take find, the time i find it hard to sit there in, in gratitude not, not that i'm unhappy i'm very mm. grateful for what's happened i'm very happy of yeah. what's happened but you know everyone's like celebrate those small wins and it's like i just don't I don't celebrate the small wins, and I know that's not necessarily a good thing. But have you found that? Have right, you the small? Have you have you gone out your way to do so? Well,
2: why don't you celebrate the small wins? Why?
0: It's not that I don't celebrate them. I'm just thinking about I'm just so I think I'm just so results driven. Okay. So that the results there, is like, okay, what's the next result? And I just instantly go into that. And I think I get a lot of joy from that. So it's not okay. like I need to celebrate the little wins. But have you? Have, because of how busy it gets to be a business owner, have you found yourself? Going out your way to make sure you celebrate them is what I'm trying to say. Or do you just, something happens, you're like, great, I'll spend 10 minutes thinking about this, I'm happy, and then on to the next thing? Or is it something you have to actually set time aside for?
2: I think I'm like you. I think there's always something else. That's the the story on the climb. It is about the climb, it's not about getting to the summit. The summit's like, yep, yep, top of the mountain, I can see another mountain I need to climb great boots on let's go climb i enjoy the process yeah so if you're the same and you get the joy in in doing i'm exactly the same i don't it's the, sit there it's the, yeah i know it's, it's cheesy the it's the journey isn't yeah, it yeah isn't it
0: yeah it's the climb yeah Miley. that is the fun part <laughs> it's, it's the process and like gary Vaynerchuk's work about that and being a business owner is like it's not do not become a business owner because you want to make money because you want to have the portion mm. of the big house it's like you have to love the process and if you don't love the process it's not for you
2: yeah I love the challenge. What's yeah. weird is that, for me, the joy is in the challenge. So if I have a challenging day and I'm exhausted at the end of it, I'll go, what a good day. Yeah. I actually swear, but i go, what a good day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. I love the challenge. And yeah. that's why I do it. I know that that's where my joy is. It's not in the end result. That's great. That's what That's what should come when I've done all the hard work. But, um, yeah, the, the challenge.
0: Do you find it hard to celebrate the little wins, Dan? Is that something that you relate to or not at all? Um...
2: Can you remember your last little
1: win, Dan? I, for me, it's like when a project's done, I'm more relieved. I'm like, <laughs> all right, that one's done, Jesus. which I guess is kind of a win because I'm like, I've been working on this, you know, this product, this this video, this project yeah. for mm. four weeks. You know, we, we've done a lot of pre-production and I know how much effort everyone's put into it. And then when it's sent and it's signed off, you then know, it's like, ah, and you can breathe. So I don't know if it's like a win. I think it's more of like a, you know we've accomplished that, and now it's onto something else. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. When you say you, you only sit back and look at it for ten seconds, I'm kind of like, yeah. After ten seconds, I'm done. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't need to sit and look at it for like ten minutes and think, oh, yeah, I've done a great job here. I know. It's like onto something else, like you say. I think that's just a, I think it's a human instinct to be mm. like that. Don't get lost in
0: the source. No. You know, it's we're not. We're not done.
2: Yeah, you know, like when going. it, but it, but that's the thing is, are you ever done? When is it done? So exactly. Someone asked me when I was going to retire. I was like, I don't, I think I'll ever retire because I just love what I do. Yeah. So yeah. what's done looked like? What's that result that you sit back and go, okay, that's it, yeah, job done? No, if there are people still to mentor and coach and invest in, I'm never done. Yeah. So
0: yeah. I remember when we first started. The only thing I could think of is like when we first started the company, we were we were paying ourselves peanuts. um you know and it's it's not like we paid ourselves much more since then but like i remember being back then thinking oh you know if my life would be so much better if i was just getting 200 pound more a month just to help with those bills and it was like that's all i could think of Mm -hmm. and then it happens and it's like but now i think back and look back and i'm like oh yeah that happened and i don't have i don't have that that worry anymore that stress and i think as i've gone through it it's just become more
2: Taken for granted or is it given? I don't or want, like that's what the results I don't are. want to admit
0: it, but I think it is. It is a bit more taken for granted that I, I think I've just you know, you, you you accept these things that have happened and now it's like okay, well what's you think about the next problem in a in a sense. Like yeah. what is there now to focus on? But I think so. there's only so much you can process in a day, right? So mm.
2: But maybe is that what makes you a better entrepreneur? Is you don't just sit there and rest on your laurels, and you're not just like a great result. I'm going to sit and just really soak all this in because because like it is. You just are always driving, and if that isn't what motivates you, I think you just get sucked up in a whirlwind of like, "Aren't I wonderful?" Mm-hmm. Um, Have I you seen know. that happen to people? Yeah, and I don't think they're in business right now, but yeah. Do you think
0: that's that's the reason?
2: Cause, yeah, because you've got to keep looking forward. The world is changing. Adapt. Like, that's the thing is you're adapting. I look at loads of businesses that have failed during the last two years and, and then some, and everyone just gets a little bit like, I don't know, feet on the table sort of attitude and like, oh, wow, aren't I amazing? Mm. I've done that, and I'm like, well, it's never one person; it's a team, and it's and you're only as good as your like your last success. So, like, you don't look back and go, oh, I'm, I did all of this. Like, I don't think Olympic. But, oh, I've done all of these things. It's where are you now? Mm-hmm. What's your training program like now? How did you start your day? That, uh, that I've lived very present, so I don't look back and go, ooh, look at what I've accomplished. I go, okay, so what's today like? What have I done today? Like, yeah.
0: Are you happy with where you're at currently?
2: A hundred percent. I like to use non-plausible round numbers. Okay, good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you're really happy in terms of who you are, your business, current life, current life situation, everything's really good.
2: I will always be happy, even if there are things going wrong in my life, and there always are. So I believe in being happy enough because happy means that I'm always going to be pushing forward. So yeah, I'm happy because I choose to be. Mm -hmm. Is everything perfect? Wasn't your question. But if you asked me, I would say, no, no, it's not. But I am happy.
0: That's
1: awesome. Mm. Can you tell us a bit about your trips to China? Sure. I want to know about those. <laughs> like, some funny ones. First time you went to China, uh, were you What were you taken uh, back by it? What yeah, happened? I was taken and, and tell it. us why you went there What well. year did you go just cool to just
2: oh it was probably before you were born no it wasn't um so I've been going to China probably for 15 years 15 16 years and the first time I went I didn't know what to expect longest plane journey in economy folded up uh, and then just you get off the plane and it's like back then it was just it is it's like a completely different world and the food is what I really struggled with um not recognising anything and people are so hospitable and they bring... This whole table would be full of food and they expect you to eat it and I oof that one was a tough one because i didn't recognize anything and then i was just really ill Mm -hmm. um but people are fantastic and so i was obviously over there sourcing products because we manufacture um with factories over there and so yeah it was factory owners and walking through factories meeting people i didn't know the language then i've been able to pick some of it up enough to get away with for sure and they appreciate when i i I kill their language for them. They they acknowledge that, which is sweet. But yeah, it's it's fantastic. So traveling in China, you basically it takes an hour to get anywhere, even ten miles. This um, when you're in Shanghai or Ningbo or any of those places, it's just traffic's intense. The volume of people, the volume of everything, is just something I'd never experienced before. Um, yeah, and over the years now I'm very adept to it. I travel on my own. I never used to, but now I can travel on my own and and get across and and jump into taxi and feel very confident and comfortable in in that country and I know exactly what I'm ordering when I'm at KFC. What <laughs>
0: what's, what would you say is the um like the main differences in 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 culture of government over there compared to here? Like obviously you know, people slate the government here willy-nilly. Is it, the, is it the same over there? Are they a bit more careful? because obviously they I don't think
2: anyone slates the government over there. Right. You're not allowed to. Um, and everyone is very complimentary of the way the country is run. Obviously, it's a communist country, and so choices are, are very limited. Um, your life choices, everything is very linear, and... Um, Kids, obviously, the single child policy, those children have now been fully educated and they don't want to work in factories. So, China actually has quite an economic problem because by becoming a single child family, these two parents that usually are both earning money because it's grandparents that raise the children have raised these very singular human beings that are driven to earn money and they don't mm. want to work for it. They want other people to work for it. So there is a labor force issue in China that everyone's really aware of. And, and um, it's just interesting watching th- how their culture manages people in that volume. Um, but everyone is, I don't know, they just are very compliant, which is not my nature. Yeah. So I found that very interesting. Is um, it Intimidating. Did it it make you... If you're in Taiwan, it is. And they say that there's like these loud noises come on and they're saying, oh, no, everyone black out. I remember being in Taiwan a couple of times because the Chinese used to kind of try and send things that way. But um, yeah, I think Taiwanese culture is very different. And then in China, it's just locked down. But I remember going to Hong Kong before it got handed back and then after it's handed back. And again, Hong Kong's really changing that dynamic. Um, yeah, with people and freedoms and and freedom of speech, probably, and religion as well.
0: Has traveling to these countries made you happy where you're from?
2: I always traveled. So when I was younger, I lived in Turkey because my father was a civil engineer. So I got to live amongst different cultures, different people from a very young age. Father was in Pakistan and India and New Zealand. So I've always traveled and been open to different cultures. And I think that really helped me um be less insular and less like britain's the only place on the planet that i love i i I love the world i just would travel all the time if if it wasn't difficult to get on a plane um am i grateful to be um british i I mean i love where we live i don't think we realize how lucky we are Mm. um because of our our freedoms and i know that my children would argue because they right now feel so angry about what's the way the world is going and the way the country is run and we'll have very heated conversations because there's an open door and and we'll we'll disagree and again I go is that because of the way I was raised or the era I was raised in but my children are just really discontent with how this country has been run and how everything is, is evolving and it's, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the country that whole generation mm-hmm. as they get older because they're very opinionated and they've got very yeah. strong mindset on the environment on the economy about being fairer leadership and and honesty and transparency um well that's needed
0: more than ever right now though isn't it because we seem to line politicians seems to be the new norm
2: Mm -hmm. yep and we seem to all accept it and not hold anyone accountable whereas the younger generation are like no 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 so it'll be very interesting
0: do you think your kids are way more passionate about politics than you were at their age
2: Yes, yeah. very more informed. Yeah. Like they read so much more than I ever read. Is that because of
0: social media, do you think? they they're I think ha- they're, they're they on they Reddit. Yeah. Reddit, yeah. Maybe
2: it's Reddit, but it's not... So I wouldn't say it's like an Instagram thing. It's, they go to the websites. They are really informed and read the news and go find information so they and maybe that's just my turn but they definitely are not instagram facebook people at all they're mm-hmm. kind of anti those things mm-hmm. they're a little bit anti-establishment <laughs> but they just love learning and, and my oldest son he graduated and he did it and and um computer gaming and design and so he like computers he's a little bit part borg um yeah he assimilated into the matrix sort of thing so but he's interesting talking to him because he will have three screens and he's got like his work and he'll have um, news and he'll have podcasts and he's like how can you take all of that in Yeah, that must kill your brain but yeah strange
0: Uh this is I'm going to throw you on the spot again because we should have emailed this to you ahead of time Oh, do you have a question for Dan and I <sighs> what's they could be separate too
2: oh they can Dan or I Dan each of you each of you what are your three core values as human beings how do you define your values
1: Uh, do we do one at a time that gives us time to think Uh, yeah. because I might need that yeah um, a core value would be uh, treat other people how you would like to be treated Mm. treated yeah Mm. Uh, absolutely. I 100% believe in that. And I think, yeah, I just sometimes, you know, in life when you say the wrong thing to someone or under your breath you say something and you're like, why did I just say that? I'm like such an idiot. Um, and then that always brings it back to that value, um, which I like to think about. I think it's important to, to be nice to people. Yeah. Be nice to people. And uh, yeah. Dan, Dan's the good cop free. in the relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I kind of, yeah. The <laughs> sweeter soul. I think about stuff too much sometimes. And, uh, yeah. just enough you it probably g- think about it just, just enough. enough yeah I think about stuff just, just enough, enough sometimes yeah, yeah. That's Right. should be on your business card that, yeah <laughs> it's changed pet. I think about stuff
0: just enough <laughs> just enough <laughs> nice to meet you <laughs> three that's two three. more I've got
2: two
1: more to go yeah hmm.
0: I uh, loyalty okay I think loyalty uh, I know that's cheesy but I guess it it's not necessarily that I love loyalty I just hate what it produces when, when it's mm-hmm. not there i think that's a better way of looking at it whether that's in relationships or business or friendship and stuff like that not that i'd ever want someone to choose me over someone else but i think it's more of a actually it's loyalty that important to me on reflection dan yeah yeah we'll throw it we'll yeah th- we'll, we'll we're going that, that, that one yeah are gonna keep that yeah. one nice
1: nice
0: go on hit your second then values second one <laughs> this is difficult it is Isn't difficult it is? Yeah. <laughs>
1: um uh my second one would be oh, um po- positive mental attitude is that would that be
2: a value i think positivity yeah positivity yeah. well my when i was growing Thinking.
1: up yeah i i i tend to not get ill very often um <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't believe you're going um, into this
1: and, and when i do, and when someone else is getting ill or me many ben yeah, yeah i always say it's about like it's in your head, in your you know. Head. You're not. You're not getting ill. You're just telling yourself mm. you're getting ill. So by having a positive mental attitude, you're telling yourself you're not going to get ill. You mm. don't need to take those paracetamol tablets. I mean, I've had hangovers that are horrible, but I just try not to. This is kind of like diverting from this, but uh, I try not to take you know uh, medication for stuff because I like to think that I can like just get over it by myself. What to do? Um, and that's and I can handle it via my PMA, yeah, my positive mental attitude. Until you get COVID. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, everyone, yeah, I couldn't help that, could I? No. And, and
2: actually how you rode it out. Yeah. you positive exactly. during the process. It was boxing
1: day. Like, you know, I, I took one for the team, <laughs> led up in bed. So,
0: yeah, that's my second one.
2: Okay. That's good.
0: Can I have the same one?
2: No, I did, Well, you told me you didn't have it. Yeah.
0: I I would say I l- love the core value of looking for the good in things. Mm. Uh, I think it's re- I think you can. It's really easy to go down two separate paths, and I can see on a really simple level how people get into difficulty with their mental health on a very simple. Uh, there's so many complications to it, but it is for me. I, the re- I think the, re- the reason I've never re- really got too down about stuff is because. I, for whatever reason, tend to tell myself good things about myself and good attributions about myself more than bad attributions. Like, I know my weaknesses, but I don't really think about them that often. I, yeah. I, I like to think that, yeah, you know, if, if someone fucks me over, I'll let them know about it, you know. And I like that about myself. And I like the fact that I'm not a, a pushover in that sense. But equally, if I've done something wrong, I, I know that I need to lay down and take it. Um, I think I like that about myself. I like, what I like about myself is that I like stuff about myself. That's good. I should put that on my business card.
2: Mm. Yeah. We've nice. just redesigned both your business cards. Yes. This is exciting. Have,
1: yeah, our free core values. <laughs> <laughs> my third one. I don't even, are these even values? Are my ones even values? Maybe they're just more like lessons or things that no, I've No, the
2: way, your values as in like who you are, how you are, how yes. you are are the values. So yeah.
1: My third one go. is, uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. It, would that be a value? Is
2: that yeah. Value? We'll
1: use that. Ask. Um, when I was growing up, I, I was playing ice hockey and I was doing a lot of sport and I always wanted to train up and play with the better teams and and develop myself. Um, and it always felt like I was the person who was never getting chosen um, because the other people who were playing were, I don't know, kissing ass a bit better than I was and I wasn't really into that. So... My, I would always drive home. My mom was always. She would always be like, you know, you just need to go up to the coach and just see if you can get into training with them. And she'd always tell me that if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Um, and I think that that you can take that and use that in so many different mm-hmm. situations. Like, are you going to have that last bit of hummus? Because I'm going to have it if you don't. Yeah. You know, if you don't ask, you, you don't, don't get. Add. So. And yeah. you always get that hummus, exactly. right? Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Secure the hummus. <laughs> Secure the hummus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> another, another business card detail. <laughs>
0: uh core value i guess i have to speak about the one that's tattooed on my arm nice um that was from another book i read not the lean book that you mentioned earlier but it's about again i think i think it's from the way of the superior man and it's about how to be more in tune with yourself and it talks about uh there's waves of of things that come into your life and you need to i think it's if you're on a surf if you if, if life is oh my god i'm so much word diarrhea here if life is a is a is a wave and you're you're riding it on a surfboard you don't lean back and you don't you shouldn't just be upright you should lean into the wave lean into the yeah. surfboard and ride it out and it so it talks about things like if you're if you're scared to doing something you should lean into that if, it, mm-hmm. if there's something that scares you or intimidates you lean into that and i think that's pushed me into do stuff that Probably a lot, you know, a lot of the reason why we're here and we have a business is because I leaned into stuff that scared me. And, you know, I remember when we first started, I used to be worried about what the, I wasn't necessarily unpopular at school, but equally wasn't popular. I, felt, I was just somewhere in the middle. And I remember when we first started the company, we were putting videos out and I was worrying about what the popular kids at school eight years ago would think about it. And I remember having those thoughts and thinking, who the fuck cares? Like, They're, they're really nice people, but equally fuck them. Why should I give a fit? fuck what they think? And I think that this book, leaning into that, i have just like, look, that scares you. That means you have to do it, then yeah. That means you have to go for it now. And there's been loads of other stuff like that. And it's actually got to the point now where I it's rare to feel that emotion anymore that I have to lean into something. Almost like I've conditioned myself to, that's now a normal emotion. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of my self-assurance comes from is the fact that once something scares me, I have to do it. Yeah. I mean, the idea of running 100K terrifies me. But I'm not gonna lean into that, you know. No, because that's your legs. In that. Yeah,
2: yeah. You can choose not to lean in. It's not that it doesn't fare you, it's just your legs yeah. might fall off.
0: Yeah. I don't exactly. I need my legs. And I think I like that so much because it got me out of it got me out of some holes when I was younger mm. or some pits. And I liked it so much I tattooed it on myself and Dan even chose the font on Photoshop for me and
2: It's a great font. Which I, font is it? Is it Avenue?
0: I think it's Avenue. Yeah. yeah. That's what, like,
2: it's one of my favourite fonts it's haven't It's a great here? font. Oh, well, there we go, everyone. It's like my business font. There we go. I might have to get the same tattoo.
0: I can put you in touch with the tattoo
2: artist. I'll be like, that font.
0: Should we do your three core values? Uh,
2: Yeah, sure, 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 sure. I'm going to go with lean in. as I'm going to use... I have a different way of expressing it Uh because I've like, just dive in, like, be adventurous. That's definitely one of my values. Exactly how you describe it. Now it's habit. Like, now you can't... People have to pull me back. I'm like, I would much rather regret having done something i will never ever have the regret what if mm-hmm. ever i will always do it so definitely do it damn it um kindness 100 like absolutely i i remember someone once saying that business you shouldn't take business personally because it's not about you know taking it personal and don't be kind to everyone because they'll just fuck you over and i don't believe that it's so untrue yeah i don't believe it i think you can be kind It's someone else's choice if they choose to abuse it, whatever. I don't mind. They do not get to change me. Um, So I choose to be kind and I love kindness in others. Um, And then my third value, I've probably got five, but the third one that I'm going to say is probably always learning. I would say that's the other thing people would say is that I'm a perpetual learner. It's a key value in my life. Learn from every situation, learn from every person, learn from every book. Just voraciously know that I don't know everything, and I'm just going to soak it all in. That's definitely one of my it's core humbling, values. It's humbling, isn't it,
0: when you think like that?
2: Mm, well, yeah, it's also exciting because, mm. like, every day, like, oh, I learn something new. Mm-hmm. So yeah, cool,
0: nice. I think that's a nice way to round off the podcast. What a lovely way! Thanks, thank <laughs> you for being our first guest no, on thank you. Uh, through the window.
2: I like that you kept looking up there, just so you could read the words from the screen. Up. No idea what you're talking about. I knew <laughs> that off by heart. Is that on your business card too? <laughs> <Can> <laughs> I have it so many variations <laughs> of business
0: cards. Um, where can people find you? What's the if they, if people want to get in contact with you for whatever reason? What's the best way? Is it email? We're not Instagram? talking about Tinder
2: or anything. No, no, no. no, no. no. Um, it's um I'm, my business is a v dot com. It's three letters, well two letters and a number. So yeah, Bex at a to v You can find it on LinkedIn. I'm super easy, like Beck's beer. It's kind of a brand, but it's me more than a beer. So yeah, that's where you find me.